Today's podcast is sponsored by Banner of Truth. Banner Boom. Of, <laughs> Banner of Truth is an evangelical and reformed nonprofit publishing house that puts out the best historical and modern works from the reformed tradition. Check them out at banneroftruth.org. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. I'm Joe Thorne, the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. What's up, man? Nothing much. What's up with you? I'm just sitting here. I just leaned back in my chair, so I'm yeah. on the back two legs. That's it. I got the mic pulled way back from the table, so mm-hmm. I can I can just be I love these. Uh, I love these, these arms. Stands. Yeah, yeah, these the arms. Their arms. All right, whatever. Um, Actually, someone today sent me a message about our gear. Yeah, kind of gear. So I sent them, you know, what we do and everything, and then. Did um, you tell them to look? We've already posted it. And well, I sent I sent them the yeah. link to that. They couldn't find that. Actually, they said, um, you had told them that we had something on there, but they couldn't find it, so they reached out to me. Yeah. And then I said... You know, it's funny. Like, they, they, I mean, they must never have heard of Google. So anyways... Google that for you? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sitting back, and I, my eyes drifted up to the ceiling. And about five years ago, uh, Tim Smith, who's one of the preachers here at Redeemer, um, he's, done, he's led small groups, he's trained small group leaders, uh, he's led worship, he's, mm-hmm. he's done a bunch of different things here. Uh, one day I came into my office and the whole office was just covered in post-it notes that all contained one word. They just had one word written on every post-it note. What word was that? And, and if it wasn't just, sometimes it would not just be that one word. It would also just have a little descriptor like is here or if it was underneath my desk, it would say under here too. The one word that was on every post-it hmm, note. What's that? Poop. 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 Yeah. Poop. Uh, lampshades, desk drawers, books, everywhere, all over the place. I got them all. It took me forever. I got them all, except I can't get the one on my ceiling because <laughs> these are really tall ceilings in this old church building. Um, I, I stand on my desk. I still can't reach it. You can't get it from standing on your no, desk? No, not even close. Not no. even close. So that I've had poop on my ceiling uh, for years now. I can't get it down. <laughs> Nobody helps me. That's my life. Well then. Okay. What's up with you? Uh, not much. Just uh, uh, enjoying life. Yeah, man. Do my thing. Feeling good. Feeling good. So um, spend time with the family. Home a lot, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Christmas time coming up. Coming up, man. I'm listening. I'm listening to the. I've been listening to Christmas music since the beginning of November. Why? Because I like it. No, no, you do not. Oh, I do. I love it. I love all. all, right, the all, all, all let's let's stop. All, all right. right. What kind of Christian music do you like? Wait, what not what? Christian Christmas Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I like all of it. I love the big band Christmas music. Um, I like uh, I like the, the pop stuff from mm-hmm. the from the sixties as well. Some I just the... don't see you liking that kind of music. Oh yeah, man, I love it. I listen to it all the time because it's, there's because there's a lack of screaming. There's we a lack wish of you a merry Christmas. We wish kick stands. What, what do you call those things? Drum kit stands. What do you call those things? What I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm just I'm no, just you like enjoying the, two the vibe. Feet, you know when you got the two feet like. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you got two feet and you got two, you hit Everybody the drum. has two feet. No, stop it. I'm talking about, like, you know, you, one go, you put your foot well, down. One like foot this, down, and then. And then the other, the other foot, foot goes down. down and then walking this foot goes up. It's no. like walking. No, you don't talk about. All right, drum I don't know what you're kit, Drum kick. Is it called a drum kit stand? You're combining something from a bicycle and something from no, a I drum kit. No, I said drum kit, not kick. Is it a kick? Is it a kick? I don't uh, know. Okay, so a drum kit okay. is yeah. all the drums. Yeah, okay. 
But the the, the what's the big one? The big one? Yeah. The big well, there was a couple of big ones. There's floor toms. Uh huh. Okay, those are That's big. That's not that one. There's a bass drum. Okay, bass drum. Okay. Bass drum kickstand? No. <laughs> bass drum kicker? Wow, dude, you don't know you don't know much. No, all right, well, all right. Okay. What is it called? I'm not even going to get into it with you. All right, but you don't talk about. You don't have two of them going. Double bass. All, double yeah. bass. See, you don't have your double bass going. Yeah, uh, actually, you, could, you couldn't get me out of this like five minutes. Okay, ago. so no, it's fun to watch you squirm. And actually, yes, uh, August Burns Red put out a wonderful Christmas album with lots of double bass, lots of metal. It's uh, it's amazing. So um, I'll be linking to that in the show notes as well. Yeah, because I'm sure you all are going to love that. It's great. Yeah, I'm sure it all it's the time. Awesome. Oh, Billy Idol has a Christmas album. It's also good. Oh, that I'll listen yeah, to. Yeah, see, you would like that. <laughs> that I'll 80s listen to. man. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about today, man? Well, we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Oh, good. I think this, is, this will be good for our relationship. Yeah, because there's some things we need to deal with. I know. I know. Mostly, you know, Don't. one direction. One direction. What do you mean one direction? Like, okay, yeah. Like, you're I'm po- going to be forgiving you. No, no, no. For- I need to... I need to be forgiving. I know because you. you've been holding it back, and that's not very healthy. No, I need to. What? Yeah, you you've been withholding forgiveness, and that's not Christian. No, I'm. I have to forgive you on a daily basis. I know you're supposed to seventy times I know, seven, but, son. But the problem is, you do it a little too much. And Duh, like, Jesus like, said it can't be too much. No, nah, but there's some things you're, that you're disobeying. Not, Jesus, but there's some things you're not like you don't make a change. The, no, that, that's not the point. That, there's got to be right, we'll some talk sort of change. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about. It. All right, fine. We'll talk about. It. I'm just saying, you can't just say. I'm sorry, and then do the same thing over again five minutes later. Jesus said that I could. Jesus, all right. And he said that you have to forgive me. All right, we're going to just... Well, right, what, okay. what is the big deal about forgiveness, then? What is the big deal that we're talking about here? Okay, why, yeah, why would we bother to, to approach the subject besides of our own uh, relational issues? Mm-hmm. Um, well, on one level, forgiveness is important because it is a universally felt uh, need um, and hang up like everybody in the world has been sinned against and everybody has sinned against others. Mm-hmm. And so every human being, regardless of religious persuasion, um, regardless of their background, has had to interact with the painful uh, reality of forgiveness or the need for forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness or the need to forgive. So I think everybody relates to it. Everybody understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's universal. So I think that's one of the reasons. What do you think? When you think of forgiveness, why is this a big deal? Well, I think uh, for me, I think of Ephesians 4.32. You know, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So I think for me, it's a big deal because it is a response to the gospel. Yeah. It's a response to the salvation that we've been given. It's a response to the forgiveness we've been given, to the love that we've been given um, in Christ. I love that you, because like that verse that you're, you're thinking about, it has, it has both aspects. That's right. Right? It has uh, our salvation, and then, like you said, our response. Um, those two things are not supposed to be separated. No. It, it, forgiveness is experienced and then expressed. Uh, you know, the, one of the verses that I think about a lot is Colossians 1, uh, uh, 13 and, and 14, where it's, Paul says, he, speaking of God, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So our redemption in Jesus, we have salvation, and that is equal to the forgiveness of sins. Like that's at the heart of what it means to be reconciled to God and forgiven. And so it's important for us, not only because it is our most essential need, 
before God. Mm-hmm. But then, like you were saying, it's also this a, a critical aspect of what flows out of us towards other people as followers of Christ. So then what, would it be safe to say if then, maybe not safe to say, but what does it then say about someone who is not forgiving? Well, and maybe that's something we'll yeah. discuss later. No, but no, no, it's fine. We could talk about it because I think um, there is uh, there are a number of passages of Scripture where we see the need to forgive other people, and it's it, it is some in some way connected to the reality of our salvation and the forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, and our and our own forgiveness, even in uh, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Um, chapter six, uh, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those yeah. who trespass against us. Or in Matthew six, uh, 14 and 15 as well, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mm. So that brings up a, a, a thorny problem. <laughs> thorny. <laughs> um, it brings up a, a problem in that, well, wait a minute, I thought, I thought we were saved by grace. If we're saved, I mean, I thought God forgives us, and it doesn't depend on what we have done, even forgiving other people. How can Jesus say that if I don't forgive other people, that fa- the Father will not forgive me? What? How are we supposed to make sense of that? Oh, you're asking me. Well, I'm not asking Tom Cruise. Well, maybe Tom Cruise has an answer. Okay, well, why don't you Google that while I answer, since you don't want to well, answer Well, no, I'm going to answer. You're stalling. Huh? You're stalling. No, no, I'm just going to answer this question. Okay. The question then is, okay, how the is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think um, I think it's just, I want to word this properly because I do not believe one is dependent upon the other. So what I'm not, what I'm not saying is um, God forgives us because we forgive others. Right. Right. No, that would be a false teaching. Yeah. But I do think it is a fruit of our forgiveness. And so if that fruit is lacking, then that has not happened. It's pretty hard to imagine. Like, am I, am I wording that right? I'm yeah, trying to word yeah. It, like, I'm trying to be very careful when I'm saying it. A forgiven heart is a forgiving heart. We could say it that way. What are you looking at me like that for? All right. First of all, that was good. <laughs> Second of all... It was cheesy. No, and it's so not that's cheesy. Why, that's good. That's why I looked at you like that because very rarely do I like. Do you say something? No, that just I don't. You think always I made say it. good things. That, okay, that's whatever, whatever, whatever. No, whatever. no, but it, it's, a forgiven the, the, heart is a forgiving heart. Like that's yeah, believe when you can achieve. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is like the heart that's been forgiven, the person that's been forgiven, is led to forgive others because he or she knows what it is to be thoroughly corrupted and alienated from God Mm -hmm. to be worthy of condemnation and judgment and yet to be forgiven freely. And if we have been forgiven of such great sins, it should be the normal response of the humbled heart to forgive people who sin against us in much smaller measure. So here, how about this? Before we go any further... What is forgiveness, though? How would you define forgiveness? Because we throw that word out there and we talk about it a lot, yeah. but do we actually know what it is and what it means? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look it up, there's 
there's a couple of different ways that I remember it being talked about. Um, I think the, the, the general idea seems to be that uh, to forgive someone is to no longer resent them for their sins against you, um, to no longer bring this up in your own heart against mm. them as a charge against them, to not hold it over them. And in many cases, some people want to make a distinction between reconciliation and forgiveness, but in many cases, it leads to reconciliation of both parties as well, though I don't think it has to. So That's a good point. Oh, okay, we'll get to that one. I'm I, sorry, that's I, it. I think that forgiveness means, in, in essence, that we no longer are charging that brother or sister with the crime anymore. We have, in a sense, mm-hmm. by grace, pardoned them. But it's hard, though. Like, I yeah. find it hard, it is hard. To, to forgive people. And, I mean, what makes it hard? I, I guess I feel like, for me, part of it is this sense of what I perceive as justice. You know, they have wronged me, and they deserve to pay for that wrong. Right. So let's, let's up the stakes here. Um, you and I have been wronged by friends and family, yep. right, over the years um, in, in painful ways. Okay. In ways that we don't, like, talk about, right, well, publicly. Just, yeah, publicly, yeah. just personally we do. So we know what it is to be hurt, and we've seen people who have been hurt worse than us. Yeah. Devastating. And so how is it that, that they can exercise forgiveness toward a person who has done such harm and even then, like, where's the justice in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then even, even harder for some people is, well, wait, what if God forgives them? Right, the person, oh. the person that is afraid or reluctant, not afraid, the person that is reluctant to forgive might be very uncomfortable with the idea that God will forgive that person as well. Not, necess- not, not necessarily, but they might be mm. um, because of this justice issue. But so I think it's hard because... We, we want justice. We want to be vindicated when we've been wronged. Um, but I, for me, the, the justice answer is found in the cross. Yeah. So I, I believe that I can forgive people regardless of what it is that they do against me because I have been forgiven and justice will be carried out. So if... if I can forgive somebody who has sinned against me. Let's just say um, somebody burned down my house. There was mm-hmm. an, we just bought this house. We love it. Let's say some arsonist burned it down. Or buddy uh, at the church. No, nah, because that would be awesome. This church is janky. If it got burned down, we could rebuild. But thank you, Jesus, for your abundant And if you burned and, it, we'd thank, it, thank him for that too. Yeah, so um, if somebody burned down my house, I would be angry with them. Yeah. And, uh, and then if I found out, oh, it's this neighborhood kid uh, – I would need to forgive them. So here's the thing, and that's a, that's a light example compared to what the trauma that other people go through. Yeah. I can forgive them knowing, A, I have been forgiven of worse crimes against mm-hmm. God. B, I can forgive them and not be afraid that justice will not be served mm-hmm. because either they will pay for that sin before the face of God or Jesus will have taken the place for that sin on the cross. Mm. And if I can't be satisfied in Christ's atonement for their sin, I shouldn't be able to be satisfied with Christ's atonement for my sin. Justice is accomplished um, for all sins 
either in the person and work of Jesus or in the person who committed the sin uh, in judgment for all eternity under the, the hand of God. So that's that's, and that's so I mean, what I well, think. And I, and, but I also think I want to be, for some people though, and I agree with everything you said, but I do want to throw this last part out there on this. Uh, I think for some people, like they're, I want to be careful because there are some people that have gone through traumatic yeah, things. Yeah. And it takes time. It does. It's not just, hey, get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's not that's not that's not loving, that's not shepherding. And that's, that's not, not forgiveness. Getting over it isn't that's forgiveness. It. That's not forgiveness. And so there are people that have gone through traumatic, uh emotional, physical pain, and it's gonna take a while for them to sort through that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I want to really say if you're one of those people, you know, please don't hear Joe and I saying, uh, you just need to like, just, just forgive, forgive, forgive and, and, and move on. Uh, but I would actually encourage you to be seeking help in this process, right? Uh, whether it is, uh, the pastoral team or a professional, uh, counselor, yeah. preferably a, a, christian one that if they're good if they're bad don't go to them but you know what i mean like then seek that help to go through that process because i know i mean for me you know i had to go through that Mm -hmm. i had to go through a time of professional uh christian counseling to sort through some some pain and it wasn't anything that could just be overnight yeah done yeah i'm glad i'm glad you're pushing on this because you know, it's, it's easy for me to snap into, well, here's what the Bible says, and you just got to, you know, this, mm-hmm. is, this is how we should think about it. And, yeah, I, I wouldn't want anybody to, to listen to the first few minutes of this and go, all right, thanks, guys. Thanks for telling yeah. me I need to forgive somebody. We're actually going to talk in the second half of the, of the podcast today about whom we need to forgive yeah. and, and how we interact with people. But absolutely, uh, forgiveness for a lot of people is extremely high stakes. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, that person stole my wallet, you know, or oh, that person kicked my car and put a dent yeah. in it. Like, okay, that's pretty small potatoes. Uh, that's exactly. That's, and even what I went and was dealing with was nothing compared yeah. to what so many people, unfortunately, have had to suffer through. Wicked, um, just evil, true evil committed against people. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard and yet you do see these great testimonies, um, in the history of the Christian church of, you know, uh, former, uh, slaves or Mm -hmm. uh, former prisoners of, of the Nazis extending forgiveness, um, towards, towards their abusers. So where do you feel, where do you think like they gather that strength to forgive? Like you're, you're, you're giving some pretty, like, I feel unique. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Are they unique examples? Like I feel like they're they kind of they're well, hard examples. They're I guess. they're powerful they're examples, powerful. The right and word. they are extreme examples. Most of us are not going to live in the midst of those extreme examples. Yes. I don't think. Um, I, well, I, I, at I least hope. at least not in North America. Yeah. Most of us now, but a lot of people do. So we all need those extreme examples to see a that it's possible in yeah. the worst of of settings. And then it also shows us that, wow, if it's possible there, it's possible in my life. And people that are going through similar situations, then um, you know, we are enabled uh, to forgive as well. But the power comes from the gospel. Um, 
what did you uh, what what passage did you read at the beginning? Was that Colossians? No, Ephesians four thirty two. Okay, so. <clears throat> So in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, right, we're told to bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Same thing, right? That um, we have been forgiven. The person that loses sight of their forgiveness uh, has a really hard time of taking their eyes off of the offense that they have experienced. So... You know, but if you're, mm. but if you are locked on to wow, the, the the gift of forgiveness that God has forgiven me for my idolatry, for my lust, for my anger, for my violence, for my Satanism, for my thieving, for all the things that I've done, um, it, th- seeing and sensing God's grace makes the offenses of the people in my life seem smaller, or at the very least, if they are significant. It makes me see that uh, it is possible to forgive because God has forgiven me. And no, I'm not God, but God's love has been poured out into my heart, and I've learned forgiveness from him. So I think the power is in the gospel. Uh, I think the power is in, um, in the spirit at work in us. It's, it's, it's in Jesus Christ and in how we have come to experience freedom as well. And I think that that point you said about losing sight of our forgiveness and our reconciliation to God. I mean, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 18, right? Mm-hmm. We read the account about um about the servant. Read that. This, okay, you want me to read? Okay. Uh where is it? Matthew 18 starting at 21. Peter came up and said to him, "Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as 7 times?" Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Good example right there. But when the same servant went out, he found out, or he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what he had what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant right. as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So forgiveness is, well, there's a couple things here, right? Mm -hmm. On the one hand, we're saying, Jesus seems to be saying that forgiveness is a necessary aspect of Christian faith. Yeah. That real Christian faith doesn't only receive forgiveness, but expresses forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that we can do that perfectly, but that. 
it is a part of what it means to be a believer. Mm-hmm. But it's also showing us that the, the slowness to forgive is not always, not in fact, I would say it's not usually a result of being so severely wrong that we're wounded. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. we don't forgive people. Maybe most of the time, we don't forgive people because we're proud, yeah, because we're angry, because we're self-interested and self-centered. Because people don't uh, uh, s- match up to our expectations. Yeah, yeah. We want to punish people. You know, we want to we want to see them humiliated, um, or we want what we want. So, yes, forgiveness is hard, and for some people who have been terribly wounded. Forgiveness is complicated, mm-hmm. and it's going to take time. But for a lot of people, I would say for more people, the issue is your sinful reluctance to do what God calls you to do more than it is that you have been really hurt and wounded. We need to be careful about how we evaluate ourselves, mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to do, You know, is, is to not just evaluate the person who has sinned against us, but to check our own heart. Yeah. You know, what, what do I need to do? What, you know, what can I do here? Um, to forgive. In fact, I saw a video um, a while ago on, the, I think it was the Gospel Coalition website, and uh, some biblical counselors were talking, and they brought up this issue of forgiving other people, and they said, when, when, you, need to for, when, when you need to forgive somebody who has sinned against you, it's good to consider, have I played a role in yeah. this? Have, have, what, am I guilty in some way here? And you may not be. You know, don't beat yourself up if yeah, you're innocent. Yeah. Sometimes you're innocent, but it's good to do a heart check to see, like, wow, I can not only forgive them, but I probably I need to confess as well that I have wronged you. And in all of the marriage counseling that I do, uh, the vast majority of the time, both parties are mm. wrong. Yeah, now, sometimes course. one party is ninety percent wrong, and the other party is not as much. Mm. But you, oftentimes, both parties are. Um, are at fault in some way, and so confession needs to go both ways, and forgiveness needs to go both ways. But what what's the danger of not forgiving? Let's say that that somebody sins against us, and we we've really felt that sin, and we're withholding forgiveness. We're, we're not going to do it, or we can't do it. Is there danger in in holding it back? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a hardness that can come upon us, right? I think there's a criticalness, a a judgmental. Uh, just this sense of not being able to forgive uh, makes us cold to those around us. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. It, it, it makes you jaded. Yeah, untrusting, cynical. cynical. Yeah, and I think that um, you know the, the word that's oftentimes associated with the the lack of forgiveness is bitterness. Mm. That that this lack of forgiveness yeah. can become a kind of poison in our own hearts, in our own souls, that robs us of joy. You know, withhold, withholding forgiveness when it's justified. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But forgiveness uh, withheld when it, is, when it is justified can and will, I think, poison a person's spirit so yeah. that they have lost the enjoyment of so many of the graces of God and the, and the enjoyment of the gifts of God and the idea I mean, we we all we all know people like this mm-hmm. who are skeptical and so untrusting because they've been so burned, and even in ministry we get this. Oh yeah, you know we we love people, we invest in people, 
And we sometimes sin against people, and we have to repent and ask for forgiveness. But you pour your heart into somebody, you love them with all that you have, and then sometimes they just walk away, or they they hurt you in some way. And it's like, wow, that really hurts. Now, yeah. if I don't forgive, if if I don't extend compassion, um, then I'm likely to become less and less likely to uh, to reach out to people to the same degree. Yeah, I feel like that's that's an area I've had to grow in. It's like I feel like, okay, I learned my lesson there. I ain't going to do that again. You know, I'm not going to get right. close. That's I'm just not gonna... worldly common sense. Well, yeah, and that that's it, right? Fool like, me it, once. Yeah, what? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me. Wait, no. Wait, fool me. I just pulled wait. a bush. Fool me once. <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, I'm not going to be a sucker. Yeah, and that's it, right? So I, I But yeah, that's something I've had to kind of grow in is, uh, just because one person has uh, sinned against me doesn't mean these other people will. Yeah, you know. And if they do, what does Jesus say? Forgive, right? All right. So the danger is really myriad here. Um, it you know it not doing what we're supposed to do, um, not following in Christ's way mm-hmm. is 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 dangerous. And so what I want us to talk, talk about in just a little bit, we'll kind of tease it out here, is whom should we forgive? Are we required to forgive everyone who sins against us? Or do they need to confess that sin or be repentant in order to be forgiven? So we'll talk about that in just a minute. But we've got to do a little promo. What? And it's fun to do promo for Banner of Truth. Oh, it's easy to. It's easy because, you know, it. we love it. They, they have been maybe the greatest publisher since the late 50s when they started. And now they're sponsoring the greatest podcast since uh, 1830. Right, right. I think, well, who was it? I think it was, uh, who, who, was the, who was the podcaster in the, the 1820s? In the 1820s? Yeah, who was that? Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, so um, since, since the 30s when ours started, it's really been, we've dominated. We've been dominating. Um, so, when, Banner of Truth when is... When was Thomas Jefferson alive? I don't Thomas know, man. Jefferson. I gave it to you to hit a home run. And well, I, I, think I couldn't you, think of anyone from 1820. I think you got hit in the face with the Who's ball. Our, oh, dang it. I was, yes, he was alive at that time. I told you. He was president from 1801 to That's what I was going to say. When did he die? Died 1826. All right, there you Woo! go. So, All Thomas right. Jefferson. Just don't doubt yourself. Just roll with it. Well, I don't know. I'm just you like, should have just... So, um, Banner of Truth is having a Christmas sale. Mm-hmm. And you know you got to get books for people. Yep. And listen, here's the thing. You can get them a gift card for Amazon, but that's kind of weak. It's kind of lame. A little gift card for Amazon. You're basically saying, I don't think much about you, so you go shopping for yourself. By the way, if you want to get me a gift card for Amazon, that's totally yeah, fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. I was about to uh, say, I actually welcome people to give me But like, cards. you want to put real thought into it. You want to pick them out something that they don't have, yeah. something that's really going to be great. Then you go to Banner of Truth, and you hit the Christmas sale, and you get them something amazing. So, for example, they're mm. 20 to 50% off all the stuff that, they're, that they have uh, on their link. We have the link up, so you can and go and check it shipping. out. free shipping. Free shipping if you spend more than 50 bucks. Yep. That's amazing. Free shipping of books. Can you? Yeah, imagine that if you bought that sixteen volumes and you got free shipping on that. It'd be big. It'd be big. It'd be so huge. What we're going to recommend, you guys, uh, check out the John Flavel mm. uh, collection. Uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be big. I think anytime you can get somebody like six volumes of one of the great Puritans, uh, it's normally one hundred and seventy five bucks. You can get it for ninety nine bucks right now. That's a Christmas present. Your That's husband amazing. or your wife should should have that gift. So and you guys can read it together. 
Oh, definitely. definitely. So again, we want to stress 20 to 50% off. Head on over there. Free shipping for anything over 50. We really want to hit John Flavel. Got to get it. What? Did I say it wrong? No, it's good. I'm about to say Flav. Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. <laughs> so that's why like, I had, like, when he looked at me, I was like, dang it, did I say Flav? Um, so yeah, we, it's a fantastic and very important. If you want to, you're more than welcome to get Joe and I gift cards. We're totally fine. Uh, they, with that. Banner Truth does gift cards. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. If yeah. you guys want to, just don't. If you're going to do a gift card, Banner Truth is Banner, a good one. Banner Truth is the way to go. Or Amazon, or cigars, or bourbon. Whatever you Yeah, choose. Cigars International. Whatever you guys are thinking. JR Cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous right. Smokes. And I really enjoy uh, the My Father Cigars with a Connecticut Rapper. All right. So um, all the links for that are in the show notes. So go to doctrineanddevotion.com and check it out. All right, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. There's debate. Debate. There's discussion. There's disagreement. Um, whom are we supposed to forgive? Are we supposed to forgive everyone who sins against us? Or are we only required to forgive those people who are repentant? After they've sinned against us, well, I think, I, th- I, I think we are called to forgive everyone because I feel like that—that's something. My dad always told me as a kid. I know it sounds weird to say it like this. You can only clean your side of the street, right? You know, I'm only in control here. Like this is where I'm at. Uh, I can't force anybody else to apologize. I can't force anybody else to forgive me or uh, to reconcile with me. But I can control, like, I, I can only deal with me. Right. You know? So I feel like that's something I need to work on, is I can forgive these individuals. The difference, though, is reconciliation. Okay. So you're making a distinction, then, between forgiveness and reconciliation. Yes. And a lot of people do. And that, and that may be uh, totally legit. Um, I, I, I'm not, I, I find the whole forgiveness conversation, um, a little bit, uh, I find it challenging mm-hmm. because my, well, it's challenging for everybody. Yeah. But I don't just mean the act of forgiving. I'm just trying to understand exactly what it entails. So we know that you can't always be reconciled to people. Yeah. That takes not only two willing parties, but, um, you know, sometimes it's even more complicated. Um, you know, somebody, you know murders your spouse mm-hmm. and you know uh you know what what is reconciliation well reconciliation with them might look totally different than reconciliation with a friend who you know used but your i guess card but the question asking. is though what is what does forgiveness look like with them yeah and I, I i don't i don't think that they are equations like equal like uh forgiveness and reconciliation but the question is still like are we supposed to forgive people who are not repentant and you're saying yes i'm saying I am saying, uh, oh, maybe I want to put a caveat on that. We're appropriate, but what does that mean, I guess, right? Like, and I guess that's what you're saying, too. Well, I'm, I'm asking the question. I've gone back and forth on my position on this. Um, and right now, I'm sort of back to, uh, to, to the position I'm going to try to articulate here. Uh, G, so you quoted Matthew 18, right? Peter says, Yeah, I quoted Matthew 18, but I'm also looking for the uh, – a. Keep going. I'm looking for another one right now. All right, talk in your head, not out loud. Yes. Uh, so in Matthew 18, verse 21, Peter came up and said, Lord, how many times will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Yeah. As many as, uh, 70, as, many as, as many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Um, so when you read that, it just sounds like, well, it's, you're, you know, if your brother sins against you, 
um, 70 times, then or it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you need to keep forgiving. But there are other passages that, that show that, well, when they are repentant, when they are confessing, when they are apologizing, then you extend forgiveness. Are you thinking Luke 17? You tell me. Read it. Well, uh, uh, yeah, those electronic Bibles are so fast. <laughs> Luke 17, 3. Uh, if your brother sins, rebuke him. Right? So if your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents. Yes. Sorry, it's got, it, it won't shuffle. <laughs> it won't move. It won't change the next screen. Was and that the and if what? What are you changing screens? Well, no, for? because it, it it went to the next. Why thing? You, do, you should do scroll. I, you I don't, don't do like pages. Oh like my pages. gosh, it's working so great. Stop it! It's oh my a, gosh! All right, so Luke, you, we know what it says. I know, but I'm just trying. To, I want to read the word, right, not say I'll my go ahead thing. And do it, since you can't do it. No, stop it! All right, so Luke, is our Wi-Fi not working? Is no, our Wi-Fi is fine. No, it's not working. It's I'm the all Wi-Fi. over the place. The Wi-Fi is not working. All right, so what's the verse? Luke 17, 3. Yeah, here we go. So, um, ah, pay, pay attention, attention to yourself. yourself. If, you, if, if your brother, brother sins, sins, rebuke him, him and, if and if he repents, repents forgive him. him. I knew it. If he repents. If he sins against <sighs> you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Mm-hmm. So there's an example where it seems to be more clarified, Yeah, you know, more qualified. Um, God does not forgive people apart from the condition of repentance. Yeah. And so, but you're not God. I mean, and, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but we're not saying that we, I don't know. I keep going. I'm, I'm trying to formulate my thought and I know it, yeah, if okay, I say talk, it jumbled, it's talking in your head. Not, t- not out loud. I like, I'm, a, I'm, you know me, I'm a, I'm a process out loud. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, what were you going to say? You're going to make fun of me again. Don't make fun you, of you, me. You've got like a processor from 1998. That's what I was going to say. I'm on Windows 98 right now. <laughs> <laughs> the best. No, I upgrade to Millennium Edition. That well, was that the, was an awesome that one. That was yeah. an awesome one, wasn't it? <laughs> Thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, no, that's that's God. It's not us, but it, but but God it serves as our example in His relationships, right? Mm-hmm. In, in many of the so everything from God resting, we follow that example to God forgiving. In fact, we're told to forgive as God forgives us, mm-hmm. right? And God forgives us upon the condition of repentance. So, so then if someone, so okay, if we're going with this verse, and were you about to finish the thought and I just interrupted? Of course I was, but don't worry about it. Keep going. No, go ahead. No, you go. Uh, After you. Well, yeah, you want wisdom first. Um, I lost my train of thought. So forgiveness seems to be, in, in many of the cases that we see in Scripture, extended upon the condition of forgiveness. But there is that passage where when Jesus is being taken away and being yeah. crucified and he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what That's they are right. doing. So he is, he is extending some kind of forgiveness to people who do not appear to be repentant at that time. And what that may imply, and, and I, 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 this is where I tend to land, yeah. is that forgiveness can be extended unilaterally without repentance being demonstrated, but it is not required. What is required is if there is repentance, if there is confession, then we must forgive. If there is not, it may not be required of us, but we may still choose to extend it. But then what does your relationship look like with the individual on that, right? Like, I feel like there's going to be that that breeds hostility. Well, here's the difference. The difference is that even if this is your position, you are still called to love your enemies. 
You are mm. still called to pray for those who persecute you, who sin against yeah. you to, to very high degrees so that you can still pray for their well-being. You can still pray for God's blessing upon them. Yes, ultimately in the form of saving grace or the, 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 the growth of humility in them. So even if you land here and say, like, well, I don't think you're required to forgive somebody who has sinned against you and is impenitent, you still must love them. You still must pray for them. Mm. And so I don't think that withholding forgiveness from someone who doesn't deserve it breeds hostility in you. I don't think it breeds bitterness in you. It doesn't have to, so long as your heart is right towards them. So you may still hold this up and say, I have this against you. You have done this, and this was wrong. This was an injustice, and uh, I can't forgive you, or I won't forgive you because of your hard-heartedness. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be kind to you. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to pray for you. It does now, mean do that— Do you state that, though? I don't think it—well, maybe, sure. Why not? I don't well, know. Well, now I'm thinking of, like, in—now in, I'm looking at it from a pastoral perspective as far as church discipline or whatever else you want to call it, right? Right. Like, how do you then deal with individuals that are unrepentant and unwilling—like, yeah, they're unrepentant, but you still have to—you're still working with them. Like right. How do you how do you draw that line? How do you? Well, I, I mean, I need I would need more of an example because, like, what's the what's the uh, difference? Like, what's the difference? So, like, somebody doesn't forgive them, but they still love them. They they still pray for them. I guess it depends on the sin. I, I, I well, no, it doesn't depend. On, I'm talking about as far as the example, like we're talking through. Yeah, I don't know. And like, like, I could be wrong on this. You know, I think I have a decent grasp on what forgiveness is, but I've gone back and forth on Christians should forgive everyone who sins against them, um, regardless of the condition of that person's heart. Uh, and I've gone back and forth. And now I'm coming back to this saying like, no, I think as I look at all of the mm-hmm. evidence in Scripture, I tend to be persuaded that forgiveness is not required. I can I can offer it. I can extend it. But forgiveness does... Um, does not is not required of me if the person is not uh, in some way repentant. Though even if that is where I land, I cannot hate them. Okay, all right. But then I guess I just still don't understand the relational aspect of it. Though I understand you're saying you're loving them, you're caring for them, uh, and you're you're still praying for them. But there's no reconciliation. I feel like relationships. Well, you can't reconcile unless the person's repentant. I understand. So like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't we want to be seeking that? So shouldn't we be saying something? Because we want to pursue well, sure. reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. but what, what are you supposed to say? Like, whether I forgive them or not, they're not repentant. So we can't be reconciled. So I'm like, what does it mean? You like, go, what does reconciliation mean? Or like, Yeah, I mean, like, well, you can't, you know, like, okay, so I, 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 I'm not forgiving them in my heart. Um, I'm not offering them verbally forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, but I am saying, hey, I love you. Um, I hope that you will uh, see what you've done because it really does hurt, you know? I mean, you can't be reconciled with somebody until they're repentant. Yeah. So I don't know what the hang-up is with the person who is not withholding who is withholding forgiveness when it isn't deserved. I, I could be wrong. We're just, we're, we're, we're talking here. I think here's the thing. Whether or not, Wherever you land on this, mm. you have to love your enemies. You have to pray for those who have sinned against you. 
You cannot hold on to bitterness in your heart. You have to let the Lord be the God of justice. So regardless, that has to be settled in your heart. You have to find peace with God and in his grace. And you can forgive everybody. I've seen people who have been sinned against in the worst possible ways in this church Mm -hmm. forgive those that have sinned against them. I've seen it. Yeah. And um, and it's awe-inspiring. It's instructive. But I'm not sure if it, um, if it has to... Yeah. Sorry, it's just hard for me, like... Yeah, okay, okay. Because you, I think, are you equating forgiveness with, like, um, with hostility? I mean, a lack of forgiveness with hostility? Probably. It might be, just because of my, my own, you know, experiences. Right, like, if I'm not forgiving you, I'm mad. Yes. And so I don't think that's what it is. And I and that and that's why I'm sorted through in my head right now like my past experiences have been, you know, lack of forgiveness is tension and conflict. Right. And so even if you land in the place where you say like I don't have to forgive, they're not repentant, you can't be hostile in your heart. You can't be angry and bitter towards. I mean, you can be righteously indignant, of course. But yeah. uh you you still But rarely are we actually. No, <laughs> so pretty, don't use that as a cop out. No, no, no. It's 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 pretty weird. It's pretty rare. So, well, we've settled this, haven't we? No, because I feel like... Yeah, I mean, I think we've got it all worked out. No, we don't have it all worked out. This is like, easy. We're, we're actually in disagreement. This is, oh, well, this is good. Why, are we disagreeing on something? We, yeah, I think, I think we're in disagreement. I like this. I like this. this I is, think we're this in is, disagreement. And I'm this trying is to fun. sort through it in my head. Because now I can't forgive you. Well, unless you no, repent. No, you can. That's what I'm saying. You, you, can, you don't have to forgive me. It's okay. Well, yeah, but I'm now not I repenting. harbor this conflict and That's this hostility right. against you. I don't you. really care. We can't be reconciled. How can we do this show? I'm fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it hot. We'll do it hostile. We'll do it hostile. Tension. That's just weird. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're not well, gonna. I, you're right. With this, I don't think we can resolve this because I think it's what I. Um, you're right. The views are. I, I understand your view, and I. Well, I, it's not. I'm just saying, like that's where I'm landing right now. I know, and I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong though. I, like that's that's. Don't hear me say that. I'm let, just saying I'm not there. Let me recommend a book. It's by a friend of mine. His name is Chris Bronze. Mm-hmm. It's a book published by. I think it's published by Crossway. Um, And it's called Unpacking Forgiveness, Biblical Answers for Complex Questions and Deep Wounds. This was published in 2008, and uh, it's a good book, and and he does land on this side of, well, you don't have to extend forgiveness where there isn't repentance. Um, You know, it's endorsed by, you know, Jerry Bridges. Um, Check it out. It's it's, it's a really good book, and I think it could be a help. Even if you disagree with him on that aspect Mm -hmm. of it, 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 the book is, is really worth your time. So be sure and check that out. Do we got time for mailbag? I got it. Right. I got yourself some mailbag right here. You don't, it doesn't sound like you got it. Do you want me to do it? You ain't got I'll it. read it. Hold All on. Right. It's just long. Here we go. <clears throat> Tristan writes. Tristan? Tristan. You mean like Trenton? It's Tristan. Tristan. Dear Jimmy and Joe, my Her. first. I read a lot about Reformed Theology. One trend I notice in the Reformed world is desire to return to Westminster standards or, if you are Baptist, 1689 standards. How much weight should catechisms carry in the church? I understand the importance of reading the great men of faith who came before us and the importance of understanding their views. However, some people I have read say the catechism that they hold is inerrant. Stop. I've never heard that. Stop. Um, all right, Treston. Yeah. Anybody who is saying that is not reformed, they're foolish. And I have a hard time believing that anybody worth reading has ever said that. Maybe you read some newbie's blog on it, 
but that would be a crazy statement. Yeah. Nobody uh, in the Reformed traditions believes their their catechism or their confession to be inerrant. That's a term that we use for scripture. So, um, yes, you should be suspicious of people like that. But go ahead, Jim. Because he even says that here. He goes, I have a hard time with this view because I believe that all beliefs should be repeatedly taken to Scripture. And that's what all of our confessions actually say, that yeah. Scripture holds everything. Uh, yeah, if they're scriptural, they will certainly hold up over a lifetime of reading the Bible. And if they err in a small way, the Holy Spirit will, of course, convict our hearts. You are correct, Tristan. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, he goes, continues. On a related note, do you guys believe the mantra that every correct view of God has been discovered within the last 2,000 years? I don't have a personal opinion on this yet, but as I think about it more, I want to believe that God is so big and wonderful that there must be more to discover about him. This idea on constraining ourselves to reiterating the same things over and over is very unappealing. I understand the pushback here is that people are prone to get crazy ideas from their individual readings of Scripture, but the Spirit is perfectly capable of protecting His Word as shown with Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira in Acts. If I'm completely wrong on this, I'm happy to receive correction. Thanks for taking the time to read my email. You guys rock. Tristan. Thanks, Tristan. Um, those are good questions. And um, if in 2,000 years of, of Christian church history— and the thousands of years that God's people have been interacting with the revelation of God, um, I would say if there is a view of God um, that is now coming out, that the church has been in the dark for all these years, um, I would be very suspicious. Um, I, I don't believe that God has kept his people in the dark. I believe that he has revealed himself in his word, that his word is perspicuous, as Luther said, meaning it's clear, it is able to be understood. Yeah, yeah, I knew that word. And I think that we should check our our doctrines and our beliefs um, against Scripture, but it's also helpful to see, like, where has this view landed throughout the history of the Church? Um, I would also say that, yes, um, God is is big and wonderful, and there is more to discover about him. But I'll say two things about that. One, what you will discover about God is found in the depths of the revelation of God in mm. Scripture, and there is much more there to plumb than you uh, will ever exhaust in your life here. And there is more to discover about God beyond that, but that will not happen until we see him in glory. I believe that we will continue to learn forevermore about God. We are finite, so we're going to continue to grow yeah. and learn and understand, and uh, God is infinite, so we will never exhaust him. We can't understand God exhaustively or perfectly, but what God has revealed about himself, we can understand, and so that's where I think our responsibility lies, with a, a commitment to the Word of God as our authority. But if somebody said something that the church hasn't uh, interacted with in 2,000 years, I think we should at least be suspicious mm -hmm. uh, and then check it against every other doctrine. I think if uh, you I doubt that anybody's going to come up with anything about God that we haven't already dealt with in terms of his character, his person, or his work. So I would just be careful there and let the, the beauty and the wonder of God as he's revealed be enough to satisfy you. 
Big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audio and visual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. If you've got any audio, video, or photo photo needs, photo needs, photo needs, hit up J Bond at jbondmedia.com. He will hook you up. You can leave us an honest five-star reviews at iTunes or whatever podcast player that you are using. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo and Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on over to our website at DoctrineDevotion.com. You can click on the Contact Us page. Leave us a comment <laughs> with your ideas and suggestions. Ooh, uh, also, if this is beneficial, you can tell a friend. We, uh, we, we have 241... Is that what it is? Or? Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, reviews on iTunes. That's that's really encouraging. It's really a lot, but it's 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 been like a few days or a week since we've gotten one, so I'm feeling a little discouraged. If you want to encourage me, uh, leave an honest five star review on now, iTunes. Joe, do you forgive those that have not done it yet? If they say they're sorry, only if they say they're sorry, you're gonna forgive them. Okay. Um, special points to the people who leave a, a review and say, "I'm sorry for not leaving oh this review gosh. earlier." What is and wrong then, with uh, you? And then uh, you give us five stars. Uh, definitely uh, tell definitely. a friend about this podcast. Definitely, uh, definitely. definitely tell a friend. And um, Fresh Pod every Monday, every Thursday. So check it out. We got um, got something good coming up on Thursday. Something uh, that they think uh, I'm pretty good at. Something that Jimmy's pretty good at. Something that you're gonna want. I to, know what we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about judgment. Oh my gosh, we are good at this. And not like the judgment of the Lord, the judgment of man. All being right. judgmental. Judging. Judging. Forgiving on Monday, judging on Thursday. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Should have been. It should have been. Yeah, but we're not well, doing maybe, that way. Maybe, maybe we'll switch it up. Maybe not. Maybe we will. Maybe I won't let you, and then you'll just have to forgive me. Uh, I won't. Sorry. You taught me I don't have sorry. to. Sorry. You taught me I don't sorry. have to. Sorry. Wait, yo, yo, but you're not repenting, though. I am. I just said I'm sorry. No, that's not real repentance. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm sorry. No, you That's Canadian cry. No, repentance. You have to cry. No, I'm sorry. What's that? I don't know. I was actually trying to think of Brad Pitt from, uh, uh, what was that? The movie where he was a boxer. Don't, uh, no, you know the movie. I do know. That's I'm not going to tell you. Snatch. Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> was, what, what was that thing he was called? What was he? A pikey. Pikey. Quite a bit of science. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later. Later.